Sean Lynn in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 46. We are pleased to welcome our new friend Kevin Phillip into the pub, where he will talk about his men's group called Made for Greatness. Sit back as I pour us a dram. I hope you are enjoying a dram with friends. Please like, subscribe, follow us on Heroic Men YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Please continue to pray for our mission or go to godsquad.ca to donate. All whiskeys are purchased by myself for use in the pub. Thank you as we continue with our episode. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. We are very excited to welcome Kevin Phillips into the pub today from Saskatchewan. Welcome, Kevin. Well, thanks, Sean, very much. Very nice of you. So you are a leader in Saskatchewan and uh, in Regina specifically, and we thought we'd have you into the pub. And I heard you are, uh, well, you prefer the Highland Park 18, you said, but uh, my birthday present from my dad this year was a Highland Park 12, so I thought I'd, uh, I'd have that. So very nice. Are you joining us? I am. I'm having some leg of Volan. It was a good excuse for me to replenish my stock because I'd run out. And um, I'm drinking some leg of Volan right now. Very good. So for our, our friends in the pub, who is Kevin Phillip? That's a great question. Um, uh, born and raised in Edmonton, the city of champions, as you... <laughs> in as another lifetime. <laughs> Yeah, born and raised in Edmonton and uh, met my wife at a Catholic Bible school north of Edmonton in a town called Radway. School is called John Paul II Bible School. And um, we eventually got married in 2003, had some babies, moved out to Regina. I got uh, I used to work as a carpenter and I got injured on the job. A previous surgery got aggravated and I couldn't do it anymore. So I went back to university while we just had these babies and... Um, so her parents put us up for next to nothing, which is extremely generous. And that's how we ended up in Regina. And now we've got three sweet little girls, They're not little anymore. The oldest is now 16. And then the youngest is eight. And uh, we're trying to serve God and advance his kingdom here in Regina. That's awesome. I, I didn't realize you uh, had gone to Radway. Uh, I, I had a... I have a son-in-law that went there. I'm trying oh, to wow. remember the name, uh, the years he went. Uh, Josh Ben or Josh Ouellette. Oh, know. Josh Ouellette. I I know that I know that guy. Okay. I I it's been so many years since I've thought of that name, but I know that I know Josh Ouellette. Uh-huh. I don't know if he would know me or remember me at all, but um, well, I will be out at their place in BC next week for our family gathering. So I will ask them. That's what sure. a small world. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and we got to know each other when I, uh, 
I phoned Regina Diocese and asked who who's leading men's ministry out there, and your name came up, and and we we were able to connect, and and my understanding is you you work for the Knights of Columbus as well, right? I do. Yeah, I work full time as a field agent with them. I've been doing that for just over ten years. Oh wow, that's that's awesome. My my other son did that uh, down in Idaho for a bit. So uh, oh neat, it, good for him. Uh, yeah, it, it's it really is a small world, and uh, and my hope was that you and I could talk about uh, men's ministry here in Canada, and, and s- right now I think we're. We're in some great need of uh, breathing some life into men's ministry because uh, of all the lockdown shutdowns. Uh, what's happening in Regina with your your ministry and and what is the name of your ministry? Our our name is Made for Greatness uh, Catholic Men's Ministry, and it's. Uh, Actually, Gerald Mopati came up with the name for us. Uh, Gerald was a guest on your show a couple months ago, I think. Yes, he was. And he he called me up and said, "Kevin, what's a good Scotch?" <laughs> My friend of mine wants wants me to wants me to go on this podcast with him, and I and I said, "I know nothing about Scotch, Kevin. What is what's a good Scotch? What do you like? How do I know what to do? And what how do you drink it?" So we had a fun conversation about that. But. Um, uh, Made for Greatness Men's Ministry, and it's it's from this this combination of quotes from Pope Benedict XVI that says, the world offers you comfort, but you're not made for comfort, you're made for greatness. And that's where this, this quote comes from. And we try to unpack that at each session so it stays in the forefront of the, our men's minds. And um, this greatness that we're called to attain is not just this worldly thing, but it's the greatness of God himself. But our hearts can't contain that. And they need to be stretched. So that's sort of the the why of the name. Um, when the lockdowns happened, I, I tried really hard to make sure we continued doing something as soon as we could. And we, I think that we haven't skipped a beat, if I remember correctly. We, we did, um, and a lot of it was sort of, I don't want to say pushing boundaries, but um, if, I, if, if I didn't get my hand slapped, I did it. And uh, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. But um, so the first thing when in April, when everything shut down, um, we did a a Stations of the Cross virtual. We had five guys in the church. Our pastor let us in. We did that. And then I said, hey, you know what? I think we can do this online. And so we moved to Zoom and we've been we've been Zooming since. And then once um, things got opened up here in Saskatchewan, Earlier this year, I think it was, if I remember right, we started going back to, uh, when it was in the fall, I, I gosh, I can't remember, Sean. We started going to live, and we've been trying to build up for um, our annual men's retreat in the fall. And this year, we're having your friend Bear Wozniak as our speaker. That's and the awesome. theme of this, yeah, the, the theme of this year's retreat is the 300, sort of the battle of the Gideon's battle with the army of 300 men against legions of his enemy and how just with the power of God, these 300 men defeated them. That's yeah. awesome. That's, that's, that's awesome to hear that uh, you've continued to, to keep the, the embers burning. Uh, Cause I, 
we've talked to, you've been on calls with us where we've talked to other men's leaders across the country and uh, it's been a struggle this year. So I, I, I think it's important that we continue this work and I, I want to invite other men out there that it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're at your parish level, we need diocesan leaders, we need pro- provincial leaders. Where is God calling you? And uh, we'd, we'd like to encourage you to at least consider uh, getting involved in, in creating a network of, of men working together here in Canada. So, and Kevin's uh, been doing a great job in, in Regina, and, and hopefully, Lord willing, we will work together as we build across Canada. I hope so too, Sean. This has been a blessing. I uh, I have to admit, it's been a blessing getting to um, getting to know you a little bit. The few times we've chatted and the stuff that you're doing in Canada, and I think at first, I'm, I'm going to say this: I don't think I'm the only guy that thinks this kind of thing. I, I tend to be. I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> and, and when uh, someone brought up you were trying to get a men's group going on throughout Canada, sort of a, a an umbrella, sort of catch-all to help everybody and support. At first, I, I didn't want to be a part of it. And um, looking back in hindsight, I I kind of regret that attitude, but, you know, I'm really happy that you've been so welcoming and so warm and so generous with your guys' resources. And and it's such a good thing to have an organization like what you're trying to do. And I think it's really needed. And if there's any men that are listening that feel the same way that I felt, it's a mistake to feel that, that it's uh, – the better answer is to work together with each other. And it's, well, and you, and I think, you bring up an interesting topic because uh, that is one of the big hurdles to get over. Uh, the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance is just trying to be that support, that conduit to build network of men working together. And we see this so often, whether in our workplace, you know, the social funds even in your little tiny workplace. No, this is this is my <laughs> little fiefdom, right? And I don't yeah. want and pride is a is is something that we all struggle with, right? Yeah. I I do hugely what do you mean? I'm the head of God Squad here in Calgary. What are you to tell me what to do, right? <laughs> and and yeah. we we all fall into that and and uh I wonder why that is. Why why are we men so hardwired to be protective of their their fiefdoms? <laughs> I know, I know. I I don't understand why exactly. It, maybe it's a survival thing. Maybe it's a lot of us have to kind of scratch and claw and fight to get our men's groups going, and maybe we somehow forgot. We sort of forgot our. Um, really the, the the power of God that works behind the scenes of what we're doing. We're just merely just, we're just the sound of the instrument. You know, he's the breath that moves it. And I think it's easy to forget that because we can't, we don't see him moving. Necess- unless we sit back and kind of reflect and say, okay, I could have never done that as well. Or it's clearly God moving. And I think as I think for myself, um, 
I have to constantly remind myself that this isn't Kevin's thing. This is God's thing. This is, if God wants our made for greatness men's to stop and to, to crumble, then he's got a bigger thing in store for than what we're doing. Um, I wonder if it has to be related to that, Sean. I don't know. And Maybe we, and I think, uh, I think, being the year of St. Joseph, we've got a great role model in that humility, yet leadership, right? Like he was the right. one that was the head of the Holy Family. And talk about being, I always joke that, uh, talk about inferiority complex. You've, you've got <laughs> the Virgin Mary as your wife and you've got God as your, your stepson. You know, if there's a problem in the house, it's you. <laughs> but he still stepped into the leadership role of that family, and yeah. but he did it quietly. Like, and and that's where I keep trying to go back to him as a model uh, for for that humility. Because at the end of the day, that's the only way to beat pride is humility. Right. Right. So do you have, uh, being, th you said three little girls, do you do yeah. much, much cooking in the house or, uh, <laughs> sometimes, well, my job is quite demanding, but when I do, I, I like to cook. I'm not good at it. It's funny you'd ask, cause I just finished making pancakes for them <laughs> right before, right. That's kind of why I was a little bit late. I apologize for that, but I was making pancakes and I had to make some chocolate chip ones. So today was my first time not burning the chocolate chips. <laughs> that That's an art in and of itself. So oh, I don't know. Hopefully I'll duplicate it. Well, and, and it's when I was uh, a younger dad, that was one of the things that <clears throat> back when there was Saturday morning cartoons, I'd, I'd make pancakes for, for the kids and we, we'd watch Saturday morning cartoons together. You're kind of trying to create some some memories for them, and uh, and it's it's amazing how food can can assist in that creating those fond memories, right? I remember right. when Dad made chocolate chip pancakes for us. <laughs> yeah, I bet you your kids still talk about it. I'm sure somehow. I remember well, Dad's breakfast? I don't know if you remember that show, Arthur the aardvark or whatever yeah, yeah. there was an episode yeah. so at our 25th anniversary our our kids got up and sang uh, a song from that says my dad's a chef you think that's great just try and guess what's on your plate because <laughs> <laughs> i did i have experimented a bit over the years with them oh yes there there may be one or two didn't hit the mark as well as it could have. So yeah, totally. I, the, the, the recipe is sometimes just a guideline <laughs> of the type of things to put in recipes. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, 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 I tend to use them a little bit more when I'm baking because, uh, it's, it's something that you should probably yeah. use, uh, right. when it's, uh, when we're dealing with, meats and rubs and stuff i just this looks good and <laughs> so what what do you do for fun as a family um 
Good question. We we bought a trampoline a few years back. We've got our definitely our money's worth. Uh, the kids get on there a lot, and um, as a family as a whole, we we socialize a lot with friends, and we've been pretty blessed with good family friends that the kids get along with mostly. And you know, kids are kids; they're gonna squabble and stuff, but yep. for the most part, they get along with really well, and um. And it, and it's trying to be active, go for walks. My daughters um, love watching the sunsets, and we happen to live on the edge of Regina, and right beside us is a big farmer's field with, and the prairies, as you know, is full of beautiful sunsets. And uh, it's pretty low key. We um, we're actually in a couple of weeks. We're going to Banff for a vacation with my in-laws, and we're going up to God's Country first. You know, around that Edmonton area, and. Uh, where there's no mountains or no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you can beef that up at all. So, yeah. <laughs> when were these the city of champions? Wasn't that the '80s or something? <laughs> it was just the '80s. Yeah, <laughs> this, just just the '80s. Yeah, yeah. It stopped in the '90s, I think. Yep. And how many first round picks have they had in the NHL that <laughs> haven't been able to do anything with? <laughs> And, and that's the thing is that in the pub we can have fun and 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 joke around about our teams. Uh, we we do that with a lot of our guests. Uh, like Jeff Cavins is a big Wild fan. Uh, we're oh yeah. So we we have lots of banter back and forth, and, and uh, we'll see if if the border is open. We may go south. But if it's not, we, we may come through Regina there, coming back and stop in and say hi in August on our motorcycle ride. Uh, right. And maybe we'll have a dram face-to-face. Or when you're, if the timing works out when you're in Banff, uh, definitely look us up. And we, as you can see, I may have a little bit of a selection behind me. So <laughs> we should be able to find something that you like. Uh, well, that'd be nice. That'd be nice, Sean. So, one of the segments is uh, a lot of young men are struggling, even what a man is. So, what advice do you give your 18-year-old self? When I was 18, um, it was before my conversion, and... uh, There's so many things I could say. I'm not sure how much what time you have, but I, I guess one thing that I would say is is don't be afraid to allow God to move in your life and invite Him to move. Is what I would say. You know, allow Him to move. Um, the uh, I was just listening to preparing for a presentation this evening, and I was just listening listening to Martin Luther King Jr. His talk um, called "But If Not," and he, and in this big speech, he talks about civil disobedience and stuff like that. But then he gets into um, uh, this quote. I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but he says, "The cessation of breath <laughs> is merely the belated announcement of your earlier death in the spirit." And for me, and when I when I hear that, I would tell that to my 18 year old self, and just just to remind him that. 
allow God to move in power in your life. I mean, if I was, I mean, my 18 year self, like I said, I was in the middle of a conversion experience. It's a matter of a couple months, but it had a involved a 180 degree. And I think I was going to talk to that guy. I would tell him that, that don't be afraid to allow God to move in power in your life in such a way that you become uh, a just actually realize that you're nothing more than a pencil in his hand and allow him to move you completely in power. Yeah, that's what, well, that's what I would say, Sean. And, um, it's a good question. You. Yeah. Thank you so much that, uh, because as a young man, quite often you, you don't think of that and just opening up that door, that window to God and just allowing him in and having a say in your life and trying to listen to that still small voice and God will come in if you open just but a crack, right? Yeah. That, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. If, um, I remember I was, it was, it was just a crack and I, I was at an ACDC concert actually. <laughs> And, and there was things going on there. I, I won't elaborate on it. I'm, I'm sure your listeners can imagine what it would have been like. But um, things going on that I, that I wanted to glorify God for some reason. Here I was, my drunken pagan self, saying, you know, I don't want anything to do with that lifestyle. I want to glorify God. And they're singing that, that song for those about to rock, we salute you. And everybody around me wasn't, you know, they were saluting, but they weren't saluting Jesus. And it was in that moment that I realized I... I want to do, I want to salute God. And I don't really have a name for him, just God. And the cool thing about that was three or four weeks later from that moment um, was my sort of big conversion experience at a, at a youth 2000 retreat in a Fata house just outside of Edmonton where God showed himself to me in power. And, and I never, I, you know, not until this moment when we're chatting that I kind of put two and two together. That that little little moment of me sitting in Commonwealth Stadium, or whatever it was at that time, would have been Northlands, but it doesn't matter. And that little concert, saying I I want to salute God. And just weeks later, here he comes in a very big way into my life and changes it around completely, in a way that I never ever could have fathomed. And and you know I wonder if um you know I think that. St. Augustine talks about it's God that moves us into these things. And uh, it's kind of neat to think that God had moved in my way in, in a way in, from a point where it was really dark, just to, just a matter of weeks later to be a place that was full of life and peace. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. And now I'm going to have to go do some checking to see if maybe my daughter was at that conference at a fat house. Cause, uh, oh. that's where we, uh, we went to the very first family life conference there uh, in, I believe it was 1998. No, it was earlier than that. It was uh, 96, I think. And yeah. So, yeah. And it, it, yeah, it was right around that time. It was, um, it was 1996 in the fall, September. And yeah, that's they, when East 2000 was there and Friars of Renewal and, or there's a really big rainstorm and the tent I was in and collapsed and some nice people helped me out. <laughs> there you go. Got some great, 
great stories. We could spend all night in the pub. And uh, so one of the other segments is Jeff Cavins talks about riding with your posse, your go-to saints. Uh, who are the who are the saints that you walk with on a regular basis? I really like Saint Seraphim of Serov. And um, I really like him a lot. I'm not familiar. What? Why? Why him? Well, I, well, I first was introduced to him from Saint from Youth 2000. It was the second one that they did. I was involved in planning, and the priest there. And I want to say his name is Father Robert, but it might not have been. He had an, a relic of Saint Seraphim on his chest, and that's the first time I heard of him. And so he is an Eastern saint, depending on who you ask. He's either Catholic or an Orthodox saint. <laughs> but um, one of the cool stories about him was was he was um, uh, a monk in the woods that lived near a, a town, near a village, and people come to him for wisdom and guidance. And one of the neat stories that resonates with me is young young boys came up to him and say, Father Seraphim, and these were teenagers or, or young adults, I should say, came up to him and said, Father Seraphim, Father Seraphim, what should I do to become holy? And without skipping a beat, he stood there and he burst into flames. And he said, you must become like a living flame. And that, that story itself, uh, I mean, to this day, this is, you know, 20 some years later, and it still resonates with me like it was the first time. And I'm not, I know a lot of people would say, yeah, you know, the saint stories, they're fine. They're just embellished to romantic, romanticize the experience. And man, God created the universe out of nothing. And if he wants to allow Saint Seraphim to burst into these flames that didn't consume him, that kept his character like a like burning embers in a fire, to highlight the reality of our spiritual lives, the end of our spiritual lives, to become like these burning embers, why not? God can do anything. And uh, so I like that story a lot. And then he's got some good books. Uh, one, one in particular I'm just chewing on currently. It's, I like him. That's why. Thanks. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I asked that question because there's so many, there's thousands upon thousands, and each each person may come at it differently, and or we might learn about a saint that I, I've never heard of. So it's uh, that, that's awesome. Well, I want to thank you for taking time today to join us in the pub, and I'm not sure if you know the term whiskey comes from a Gaelic word called ishkabaha which means water of life. And my prayer is that the two of us continue to work on leading souls to the true water of life. Amen. Thanks. Thanks again. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you this summer. I hope so too, Sean. It'd be great. Thank you so much for this. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of a dram with friends like, and subscribe. Go to all podcast platforms to look for it on podcast or go to godsquad.ca to support our mission.